Welcome to Eclipse, a Dungeons & Dragons sci-fi fantasy thriller. I'm Jeremy Fair, my pronouns are he, him, and I will be the Dungeon Master. My name is Megan Kelleher, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ava Elgin, whose pronouns are also she, her. I'm Cage, I'll be playing Soul Red Bluthammer, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Danny. I'll be playing Whiskey, and both of our pronouns are she, hers. I'm Rob. I'll be playing Info-O-Scott, and our pronouns are he, they. I'm Adam DeWeese, I go by he, him, and I'll be playing Dr. Shepard, who goes by they, them. Last time on Eclipse, you all went to the Lizard Folk Lair where you met an emperor named Orzo, and Orzo has decided to lend you 12 Lizard Folk warriors plus her greatest warrior, Sultan. And you were all going to a Sawaguin Lair because you were trying to investigate an attack that had happened on the Aarakocra when you first arrived on this planet. You've now traveled across the vast ocean that this planet is basically almost entirely made up of, and you were heading to this cave uh, where the Salguin live. You also learned last time that this Salguin Salguin cave used to belong to the lizard folk a couple years ago, and they actually invaded and took over this cave. So the lizard folk not only are enemies with the Salguin, but they have an invested interest because they, you know, kind of want their homeland back. Like, Orzo talked about this being kind of her first and greatest failure because the invasion when they lost this cave happened when she just first came into power all those years ago. So now that you're all here, you decided to put your two familiars, Howard and Apricot, into a air bubble, I believe, using some sort of magical device that Soul Red had, and you commanded the lizard folk to stay behind you just a little bit, just in case you need backup and to also watch your flank to make sure nobody kind of surprises the taxi from behind. At the very end of the last episode, you all jumped into the water and now you all splash down into this somewhat shallow depths and you are floating just above this watery cave entrance into what should be the Sawaguin Grotto what would you all like to do? You are currently floating in the water. You have just departed from the Gary and you all have control. I think we want to send the animals first, right? Yeah. All right. So you have these 12 lizard folk and Sultan in the water behind you. You all are armed, full rested and ready to go. And you're going to send in the two familiars in this uh, spellbound air bubble down into the grotto first. Is that what's going to happen here? Yes. Yeah. Okay. And just for clarification, is Apricot a real ferret <laughs> or a familiar ferret? And will Apricot's death be permanent or can you simply summon Apricot back? I know Apricot has entered all of our hearts and has become material in a way that she is almost just a real ferret. <laughs> Why do you speak about her death like it's happening now? No, yeah, um, Jeremy's planning something. And when she dies. But I just want to know, just in case something happens, like, 
you know, like Sultan told you last time, there are sharks and jellyfish and all sorts of sea creatures <gasps> in the water. Not necessarily like you that wouldn't. you can see right now. But if you are sending them into scout for danger in lieu of sending yourself, it is possible something might happen. So I just want to make Probably sure. Probably looks like a little hamster in a hamster bowl. <laughs> apricot, <laughs> apricot used to be a regular ferret. And then when I picked up the feet that let me learn some spells, one of them was find familiar and I used it to sort of ascend apricot to familiarhood. So she now can be resummoned if she dies. Okay, so best of both worlds. Yes. Yes. The answer to both your questions was yes. <laughs> Jeremy, if you, if you killed her off permanently, you'd be canceled so hard. Apricot cannot to... be killed in any way that matters. <laughs> Look, we can kill off Apricot and people will be mad. If we kill off Howard, there goes the numbers. I think we've all established that. Yeah, that's true. Plus, we'll have that. We'll have, is it Zoltan who's, yeah, who's going to be mad at us? Turn on you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You are going to send the two of them forward. Are you both going into this, like, Game of Thrones, like, trance where you are looking through the eyes of these familiars and sending them down and essentially steering them like drones? Or are you going to just send them forth, see what they see, and then they report back to you afterwards? I think that we had said we wanted to do the, like, warg thing, except for me, I'm going to do Apricot's hearing instead of her sight. Okay, and then what is Whiskey doing with Howard? Uh, I'm going to watch, look through Howard's eyes. So um, I'm still going to piggyback on Soul Red, mm-hmm. if that's cool. Yeah. All right. So you have both of these familiars inside this magical air bubble. It will descend down into the depths of the sea. And both of you are able to combine your senses to both see and hear everything that's going on. All right. Bye, Howard. Be safe out there. <laughs> Sultan will will start waving his arm excitedly and then look a little embarrassed as it seems like at least some of his lizard folk warriors give him a knowing glance. (laughs) Rumors travel fast. (laughs) So as this bubble with Apricot and Howard descends down into the sea, it really isn't but maybe 20 or 30 feet into the water before there is absolutely this very large cave mouth. According to what you learned from the lizard folk, once you get into the actual cave grotto, it should have a surface inside. So you're not going to be underwater the entire time. Um, There should be an opening underneath, at least if it's the same as it was when they first had gotten invaded and their home was stolen by the Sawaguin. I will also say that all the lizard folk with you are too young to remember this place. For example, Sultan was not born in this place. Sultan was born in the lizard folk swamp layer that you all met him in. But Orzo and also Minxy and a few of the, the older ones, they remember this. Sultan's like six or something. It's just he's a lizard folk, so he matures very quickly. But as this bubble descends down into the water, yeah, there's this large cave mouth. They will travel forward. Of course, there are sorts, you know, fish and small jellyfish and different sea creatures, but none of them see particularly aggressive. There's not any large sharks or anything like that immediately that you can see or hear. And as you go down into the darkness, you are realizing it is absolutely devoid of light. The deeper you go, the darker it gets. 
both of the familiars will descend down into the darkness. And then from, and then Whiskey, through your vision that you're seeing through Howard, there is a soft yellow light that turns orange and then red. And then suddenly the blurriness clears and they begin to surface. And they are in a dark cave. However, there does seem to be sources of light in this cave. There are a ver- there are a dozen or so torches that are burning uh, bright enough to provide a little bit of light. But from what you can tell, you don't see any signs of life. It's a very large cave. Obviously, they've just surfaced, so you can't get too many details. But you don't, like, see a whole bunch of salvin or anything. Can we hear anything? <laughs> With Apricot's hearing, all you hear is just every now and then this trickling of water sounds like drops dropping down from some stalagmites down to the floor, maybe the flowing of water from some sort of distant waterfall or tributary, but you don't really hear much. All you really sense is darkness, a vast cave, lit torches, and an almost eerie absence of life. What would the rest of you like to do? Mm, what do you see? Meanwhile, the eclipse is just hovering above you all, maybe 20 or 30 feet above. And at this point, the loading dock, not the loading dock, at this point, the loading ramp has closed and Gary is just idling above the waves. Well... They got into a cave, and uh, there's some lights, but there ain't nothing else, and it's kind of creepy-like. I hear water. I do, too. <laughs> um, how far is it? Uh, you know, that's that's a good question. It felt like we traveled for a real long time, but, um, you know, being a, a lizard, it's uh, probably not as long as it felt like for Howard. As Sultan mentioned in the previous episode... Howard is a mathematical genius, <laughs> and Howard knows that due to his, due to the size, uh, even though it took a while, they traveled about 30 feet down, another 30 feet into the cave, went up about 20 feet before surfacing. So if you're going to attempt to swim after them, it's going to be a good 70 feet worth of swimming. That being said, you all have the Lord's Armada-issued armor, and you have the option of taking the water breathing of having the you all have the option of turning on the water breathing however that will remove one of the other benefits you are welcome to try to swim through without that and that's fine um, but it's all up to you can you remind me how swim speed works is it like half of your movement or something yeah I think you could probably swim half of your movement and if you're swimming 70 or so feet at half movement speed, you really only, you know, you're having to hold your breath for maybe 30 or 40 seconds. It's probably doable, but just long enough to be uncomfortable. I'm going to pop on my water breathing because the only other thing I had was a uh, stim pack thing. I'm just going to take it from that stim pack. The other option is that uh, I can take 10 minutes and cast water breathing as a ritual and then we can all breathe underwater for 24 hours. Mm. Kind of like when I did when I thought we were crashing. 
but less panicky. <laughs> yeah. Let's... Yeah, I'm done with that. I don't breathe. What do y'all want to do for 10 minutes? Marco Polo? Yeah, that sounds like a pretty good idea. All right, well, uh, stay within uh, 30 feet of me. Because if you go any further than that plane, Marco Polo, I, I can't make you breathe water, so. When you do this, are you going to be forced to break your connection with Howard and Apricot? With Howard, yes. I don't think I can concentrate on maintaining a connection while doing a spell. Will Ava keep listening in through Apricot's ears, or is Ava going to join in on the Marco Polo game? (laughs) I'll keep listening. It would be an unfair advantage of me to play Marco Polo because I am very fast. And before you all stop steering the familiars, do you want them to stay surfaced where they are, or would you like them to retreat down into the depths a little bit? That being said, you're in a Sawagun cave, which arguably are better under the water than on land in terms of combat prowess and just being able to move around. I mean, we could we could ask them to come on back while we're we're doing this. That's true. That might be the safest thing. All right. So Howard and Apricot lower back down into the water. They're still in their air bubble. And in less than, you know, a minute or so, the air bubble will surface. And Howard and Apricot have returned safely. Hey, welcome back. Hey, look, everyone. Howard's back. <laughs> Hi, Howard. Hi, Howard. Info's going to look up at the eclipse and Rodney was waiting at the the door that we jumped out of. and. Let's go look up and go, all right, we're going to be here for a few minutes. I need you to do MCP mode and hop down. And so you're going to hear, like, weird buzzing and whirring. And then Roddy's going to, like, swan dive down and, like, attach to Info's back. And uh, he's engaged mobile coffee party mode. So he will, the carafe, like, spins around to his back. And so it can be, like, distributing coffee if we want to have coffee while we wait. It has a top on it, so it's watertight. Do like an underwater smoke screen. What does a coffee maker look like when it swan dives? I'm just curious. <laughs> like any coffee maker looks when it swan dives, it jumps out. Little spindly arms wide. It's like like a really crappy transformer. Like one of the like shitty Michael Bay transformers that like just jumps out and it's all spindly legged and then you just hear like weird sounds that it like twists in the air like a Rubik's Cube and just like clamps on the info's back. So like the dumb cell phone one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the dumb cell phone one. Alright, so Rodney's here with you now. And what does this ritual look like? What do you do to complete this ritual? And does it affect all of you? Like does this affect all 13 lizard folk and Rodney and both familiars and all five of you? No. It can only affect uh, up to ten willing creatures. So the five of us. <laughs> I'm sure the lizard folk are cool. Info and Rodney don't need to breathe, so. Oh, that's true. Well, shit. So four of us. Why are we, like, all standing around and stuff? My warriors are ready to go. Like, we're ready to kick some of these Saugan ass. You want to try some coffee? What? Mm. It's like battle juice. It makes you stronger. We're performing a ritual. What do you mean you're performing a ritual? What's a ritual? Hmm. And Whiskey's just, she's she's muttering some words. She's got this short piece of reed that, you know, she's alternating between dunking it in the water and sticking it in her mouth and doing some fancy hand motions. Mm. 
Is your book getting wet? It, I have a special book that can get wet and it's fine. Wow. Mm. I spent the extra money on it after my last one got ruined. So I, I ain't letting that happen. It takes about 10 minutes to do this ritual. And during this 10 minutes, you know, the lizard folk are just all waiting around. Sultan keeps kind of flirting with Howard and nothing seems to come after you. You're not attacked by like a hammerhead shark. You're not (laughs) being chased down by any barracudas. Everything seems fine. In fact, it just seems, like I said, almost too quiet. You know, the lizard folk did have people standing outside, at least keeping watch. Uh There doesn't seem to be any of that going on here with the Sawagun cave. But after about 10 minutes, your ritual is complete. And now all of you are graced with the ability to breathe underwater. Howard and Apricot can now breathe underwater. And I guess three of the lizard folk. Yeah, Sultan and whoever he chooses. Whoever was standing close enough, I guess. The the three that have been named, because you know in movies that means that they'll last till the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The rest are all extras. Are any of the lizard folk wearing red shirts? Yeah, I thought we tried to get all 12 of them named last time, and I don't think Jeremy wanted to do it. Nope. How about three? Let's get the three that have the uh, the water breathing named. In a kind of meta kind of way, lizard folk do have the hold breath ability. It allows them to hold their breath for up to 15 minutes. Well, now they got 24 hours, baby. That's pretty good. Now they got 24 hours and 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> All right, so you are all able to now breathe underwater. What would you like to do? I think Solar is going to spend like the next minute just getting used to the idea of being fully submerged underwater with like, especially since she's got like a lot of gear on her. I imagine she's like a lead weight. (laughs) I like how counting Rodney, Apricot, and Howard, there are 21 of you. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah, I think I think Dr. Shepard would be in the same boat as, as Soul Red, where even though Whiskey says we can breathe underwater for 24 hours, probably it's testing the waters, pun intended, a little bit, with just kind of sticking your, my head underwater for like a minute and seeing if my lungs start to burn or not. Yeah, I mean, you can definitely breathe underwater. And if you dunk your head underwater and open your eyes and look around, uh, you know, besides the fact that the salt of the ocean kind of stings your eyes ever so slightly, you can see that this rather large cave mouth is really not that far from all of you. Okay. You all ready? So we're just going to turn the light on her uh, magic on just in case. <laughs> Do you want to lead the way, Soul Red? Uh, would it make more sense if... if- Whiskey did since she saw it. <laughs> she saw where Howard mm. went. I mean, I can if you if Maybe. you really want me to. <laughs> I can go ahead. Yeah, let's let's have Ava because she can hit stuff. Sure, uh, a- Apricot and I will lead the way. I mean, if if you're all scared or something, like we can go ahead. I'm not. I'm not worried at all. Well, mm, well, maybe that's a good idea, Sultan. I mean, it's fine. I'm not trying to step on your toes or anything or swim on your toes. No, I think I think we should stick to the plan of you guys bringing up the rear, right? Yeah. Oh, so he doesn't have toes. What? What do you mean? Who doesn't have toes? Shepard. <laughs> I thought they were like uh, 
tentacles. You don't have toes? That's like the craziest thing I've heard. I, I, I have webbed toes, yes. What about you, statue man? Do you have toes? One toe. What's that even mean? (laughs) One big toe on each foot. Wait, do you have hooves? I don't even know what hooves are because this is an aquatic planet. (laughs) You don't have (laughs) seahorses? Picture info with just one big toe with one big toenail. No, I picture like a thumb toe. I'm picturing like a regular foot, but just one toe, and like the rest is just smooth. This whole yeah, that's foot really is just creepy. one big ass toe. All right, everyone, stay back. They want us to watch behind. If you see anything that looks like a fish person, stab it. <laughs> right? That's what you guys want us to do? Stab it? Mm. I mean, weren't we a little bit more concerned about the brain-eating things than the fish people? I mean, I'm here to kill Salka, and they took our home, apparently. Well, how about if you find a fish person, you stab them, and then you cut their head open and see if there's a little fishy thing inside eating their brain? Because you saw those brain-eaters. Oh. Would it make more sense if we, like, captured one? Because what if we could get information about what's going on? If we kill him, we won't be able to do that. Capture Salguin or capture fish brain thing? Oh, the Salguin. The fish brain things just run away. Oh. Well, or they try to attach onto you. It's, it's yeah, not pleasant. That was, that was bad. Okay. All right, everyone. Just stab it in the legs only. And he winks at you. Mm, I got what you. What was the wink for? I was just letting her know I got her. Mm. This is still crazy that I can talk to all of you. I mean, they don't even know what you're saying. <laughs> he like points at the other lizard folk. Anyway, can we go now? Sh- shall we? All right. So then, uh, is there anything else you'd like to do before you all descend down into the water? Yeah. I'm ready to go. Silver won't go first, but she's definitely not going to go last because her swim <laughs> speed is going to be abysmal and y'all are just going to be like swimming laps around her otherwise. Info was going to do disguise self as a Salaquin and go in there, but with these like overzealous warriors aiming for heads and stuff. Yeah, that's not the best plan. That's a notion. <laughs> they would go on that plan. Um, yeah, I'll go on ahead. All right, so you all go ahead and descend down into the water. The five of you, along with your three companions that are kind of pets, kind of familiars, and kind of not with you. And then the 13 lizard folk warriors swimming behind you, all armed with spears. You all dive down into the water, go about 30 feet, swim 30 feet up, and surface into this dark cave. As you swim up, there is a ramp made of rock and sand, and as you kind of trudge up this ramp, you will all eventually surface. The water is up to your knees, and you can see that if you continue forward, that you will actually completely come out of the water. The inside of this cave is completely above the surface, and just as you had seen through the familiars, there are sconces decorated, or there are there are sconces all along the walls, about 12 or so that you can see from this point, and they are lit, and they seem to be burning, and it does provide enough light that there is normal lighting within this cave. 
from what you can see immediately, it seems to be empty. I mean, this is a pretty large cave, and you see no one. That being said, there are a few different pathways and tunnels leading off into different directions. The elevation of the cave changes depending on where you're looking. Some parts seem to go up a little bit. Some parts seem to go down. You see random spots in the ground that are like filled with puddles that are water. You don't know if they're if they're like another tunnel you can dive into or if it's just kind of a shallow little pool. But you are now all inside this cave. What would you all like to do? The lizard folk are all just standing behind you, um, essentially waiting for Sultan's command. And Sultan seems to be waiting for your direction. Solrid would like to see if she can uh, identify any like tracks or paths that um, creatures may have taken through here. Sure, go ahead and do an investigation check. Could I uh, possibly uh, make that a survival check? So if you were looking specifically just for like footprints and evidence of things living here, I think, yeah, a survival check could be appropriate. Sweet, because <laughs> I have plus four to survival and zero to investigation, so. Oh, and that's only a two on the die, so that's a six. With a six, Soul Red just is kind of like, wow, I've never been in an underground cave before. It's really dark down here, and I didn't realize Torchlight is quite this dark, even though you're a dwarf. I feel like has Soul Red ever lived in a normal dwarven society, like deep down in some mines, or have you always kind of been a above the surface? No, kind she's of always been more above the surface. Yeah. Yeah, this place is dark. You're probably thinking, like, <laughs> why did my people ever live in this kind of conditions? This sucks. She's probably getting like the salt out of her eyes too from the water. And what would the rest of you like to do? I would like to, I guess, thinking about how we don't really see anything and we don't really hear anything. Uh, I think that Ava's going to think, well, maybe another sense. And so I think I'm going to have Apricot sniff around. All right. So Apricot is sniffing around. What is Apricot looking for? I was thinking like a general pass, like a perception, like, is there anything here to smell besides cave? Because I think, especially with the established obsession with salmon paste that Apricot has, mm -hmm. this entire cave just smells like salt, mildew, and fish. Okay. There's not a particularly strong smell coming from any direction, like of these options of paths we have. If Apricot smells something, are you just 100% able to understand what Apricot senses? You were using the sense of hearing, correct? Yeah, she has keen hearing and smell. Okay, and you're able to kind of experience that through Apricot, right? I think so. Maybe not. Maybe I can't smell through her. Actually, how do familiars work? Well, it says you can see the world through their senses. Okay. So if you want to warg out to borrow a term from a show that was really great and then ended up really terrible. You can do so. And if you want to like literally go into that trance state and using your intelligence with apricot senses, that's totally fine. It's just going to kind of put you out of commission during that event. Yeah. Well, just for a second, you know, just for a minute. Uh, and it's not going to look very cool because it's not like, you know, eyes whiting over or anything. It's just Ava being like, <laughs> Just like sniffing really hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. While you are experiencing the world through apricot senses, 
even though all the smells in here are quite overwhelming, you do get a few smells that seem familiar, especially to you, I think. You sense the smell of death. Oh, good. <laughs> you sense a smell that is hard to place but reminds you of the cave where you were all forced to do labor and harvest crystals while you were captured uh, with the Githyanki. It's not as strong as that cave. It's not like just exactly that, but you just sense, like you get a sense of that. You're like, it kind of just reminds me of death and that weird ass cave where they tried to enslave us. And it's not like coming from any particular place. It's just kind of all around. Why don't you just make a perception check? Okay, cool. I get advantage because Apricot's good at smelling. Um, but do I, I think, do I use her stats or do I use? I, I would, yeah, I believe so. Yeah. So, okay. Her. Especially if you get her advantage. Yeah. If I get her advantage, then it's, yeah, it's plus three with advantage. Okay. Um, so I guess I'll just roll. One was a six, one was a 14. Okay. So the advantage 14 plus three. So that's a 17. With a 17, the smell from the crystal cave where you were all being forced to harvest the crystals when you were imprisoned with the Githyanki is essentially coming from everywhere. However, the smell of death seems to be coming from directly ahead of you. I'm going to come back from my warg state with a with a start. like, <laughs> And then I'm going to say it smells like that weird like labor camp underground mine we were in. Ugh. I don't know if that means there's crystals here or maybe just similar kinds of folks, but straight ahead, that central passage unmistakably the smell of death i would i would recognize it anywhere oh that's good mm, me and soul red were never down there so i don't know what that smelled like not good it's whiskey you were there even longer yeah i i did not enjoy that uh by like weeks <laughs> you were like there <laughs> much much longer they were there for like two days it just took 20 hours <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did not like that um and I strongly wish death upon those who force me into that crap. So uh, let's go visit the death. Yes. So, Jeremy, this is something wild I just realized about this character. Not only do I have 300 feet of dark vision from my subclass, the, uh, I don't even know what this subclass is called anymore. It's like this. Yeah, you're an alien. We get it. <laughs> <laughs> an alien. Also, I took the observant feet. So my passive perception is 17 and my passive investigation is 18. Would have been super good to know 30 episodes. <laughs> yeah, I know. We could have bypassed a lot of roles, I think. This is episode 33. <laughs> like, I've unlocked something inside me. Um, yeah, let's just retcon everything real quick. Jeremy, just go back and re-edit every single episode. And wherever we miss something, just put, oh, and Dr. Shepard, you notice this. And just act like we ignored it every time. So you just have a passive perception of 17 and a passive investigation of 18. Correct. So I think with your passive perception of 17, honestly, all you sense right now, I think you also smell this, the smell of decay, the smell of death. But that's it. I mean, the smell of like the mildew of the cave and the salt water is pretty overwhelming. And this place definitely smells like fish, which is most likely just the smell of the Salgan who have lived here for at minimum seven years since that's been how long since they took it from the lizard folk. 
I smell it too. But I mean, these torches are lit. I mean, someone hung these torches, lit them, and they are still burning. And I think you are intelligent to know a torch does not just burn eternally unless there is some sort of magic causing that. So, like, these torches are have been lit within the last 24 hours, or else they would just simply have been extinguished on their own at this point. If it's going to fire off Ray of Frost on the water puddle that we came out of to try and form, like, a half-inch thick layer of ice, just enough that if something punched through it, it would make a nice, loud, cracking, echoing pop in the caves. All right, so it allows you to target a creature within range. So... I think the way I can translate that loosely is you can freeze a five-foot area. It It's at will, so can I just keep doing it? <laughs> that is a fantastic point. If all of you would like to get out of the water and you just start spamming frost, <laughs> spamming ray of frost. It's one ice cube at a time. Again and like, again and again and again. This is just like when someone burns down a building with fire bolts. I think that's a pretty good point. Yeah, I, I would say you can go ahead and cast ray of frost again and again and again every six seconds and it will freeze for six seconds because <laughs> it only lasts until the start of your next turn. Oh. Oh. Mm, info, I don't think that's working, buddy. I think that's just going to look at his finger and kind of hey, slump and go, oh, It was shit. a good plan. It was a really info. good idea. Warm water. Maybe your best plan. So yeah, you're shooting this ray of frost into the water, and I think what it is accomplishing is it's just making more noise. <laughs> <laughs> info, you're being loud. Again. And it it was a good idea, but I think it's melting too fast. It's salt water, so the melting point is higher. Ugh, stupid. I Ugh. mean, the freezing point. This is why I want to do more science, so I can learn these things. Uh, I'll anyway. teach you, just like the autopsy. Oh, yeah, that went well. Uh, <laughs> that Rodney, was your fault. Disengage MCP mode. Rodney's going to, like, clamber down. <laughs> Wait, what was what was so party mode about him just being on your back? Because it was like a little backpack. It was like having a kegerator on your back, but with coffee. A kegerator? Yeah. But with coffee. A curator. Oh, okay. I knew I butchered it too bad, but the, somebody would have been able to piece together that joke and pick it up from the ground. If there's anything I'm good at, it's picking stuff up off the ground and dusting <laughs> it off. You're in this cave. I would say, especially Dr. Shepard, who could see through darkness, you said 300 feet. This place is somewhat dark, even with the torches. And I think from where you were all standing, Dr. Shepard, you can see three main pathways. You see a path directly ahead of you that seems to wind down into some sort of tunnel-like path. You see a cave slightly to the left of that cave that seems to go upwards a little bit before you can no longer see just due to rocks and parts of the cave walls blocking. And you see far, far on the right, a pathway that veers off and seems more narrow than the other two. And that smell of decay and death definitely seems to be coming from the pathway straight ahead of you. Mm, So there's three paths, but it's the straight one that smells like death. 
if that's where we're going. Well, let's go straight and find the death. Okay, I- I'm happy to lead now that I'm on my feet. And she'll kind of take her maul into her hands and she'll start walking down that middle path. Shaking the beard off like a cat. Yeah. <laughs> do we do we want our our lizard folk friends to accompany us or to keep guard out here? Mm, maybe even split. Keep six back here. We can keep like two back here as guards, and then they can just yell or warble or whatever lizard folk do. Right? How would they warn us? Don't they have like vibrations or whatever? <laughs> Mm, like Howard. Could they vibrate a message to Howard? Yeah, we're super good at sensing vibrations. Like like I said, that's how Howard always communicates. Howard's been oddly quiet lately, though. I think it's he's a little shaken. Well, I I don't know about that. I'm, I'm going to have a little telepathic conversation with Howard, check in on him, see how he's doing. Wait, has this happened before? Not that you know of. So I think when you talk to Howard, Howard is a little disconcerted with the darkness and the lack of warmth in this cave. It's oh. it's uh, definitely uh, cooler than what Howard likes. And Howard, like most reptilians, enjoys some nice sunlight. Howard's not really into this cave. Well, Howard, buddy, you want to just climb in my climb in my suit and we'll just I'll keep you warm. Is he cold? I can put him in my hot box. Uh, no, Howard, don't do that. little spot in my stomach that I can open up. You know, it's where I warm people's burritos when we're out on patrol and stuff. <laughs> uh, that, that might be a little bit too warm for him. We're not trying to microwave it. <laughs> but I appreciate it very much, and, and he appreciates the offer. Wait, could you heat up some of my beans? <laughs> <laughs> Is it just a walking gas station? <laughs> yeah, I've got a can in here right now. Like really opens it up and there's a tiny can of warm beans and very handsome to soul red. Oh my gosh. Why didn't you tell me you could do this earlier? Can info make big gulps? Got a slush. Got a slushy machine. Got a red and a blue bun. Left leg. Nobody wants to pull that handle. <laughs> yeah, so I think Howard is able to scramble up onto Whiskey's shoulders and feels slightly more comfort being with whiskey and then what would you like to do with the lizard folk i like the idea of two staying behind do you want all of them to stay behind the remainder of them including sultan to stay kind of behind you and watch the flank or do you want them to go with you who all is heading forward towards the path that smells like the decaying flesh i think we all head forward but we have them like two break off at each intersection just so we can find our way back like if there is any intersections as we're yeah. going. Smart. Lizard breadcrumbs. Lizard breadcrumbs. <laughs> Unless it's just a straight shot. So do you just want two to stay by the entrance pool? Or did you want two at each of those pathways that were sensed by Dr. Shepard? I think just two at the pool. Yeah. yeah, two at the pool. And their job is to make vibrations, however that works, if they see anyone coming. Well, they sense the vibrations. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Sultan said they sense vibrations, but we need these fools to make vibrations so that they can sense the vibrations. All right. Well, they're going to go ahead and stay behind. They're going to they're gonna stay on the flank. They're going to stay with the main group, but kind of stay behind. And there will be two who stand at the entrance of the grotto that you all came through. And as you all move forward into this cave, you are going to definitely smell 
this rotting odor that grows stronger and stronger as you move forward. And as you start to move towards that main path that's directly ahead of you, you're going to see a pit directly in front of you. It looks like there is a puddle of water in it, and you see at least six or seven Sawagwin corpses stacked up in this pit. All of them appear to be rotting. Hey, guys! Ew. They all have wounds as if they've been pierced, and they actually have what looks like scorch marks all around, all along their body as well. Well, hey guys, I think I found the source of that smell. And she's gonna like put her, dip her maul into like this puddle and try and like turn one over, like poking a dead body with a stick. <laughs> looks like somebody had a fish Aww. fry. Yeah, what is that? It smells stinky. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's dead fish, dead fish people. How do their heads look? And then intact? Yeah, looking at them, these ones look like normal Salgan, like the Salgan you would have seen back on your own planet of Torrell. And mm. they all look, you do notice now looking at them, even though these corpses are bloated and rotting, their heads look smaller than the ones that had the. Uh, fish thing implanted in their brains so even though you didn't notice before by comparison you're realizing like you know those other ones did look abnormal these ones actually look more normal to what you might have experienced especially in water deep where all sorts of different creatures you know trade and, and get along and um, all of that where you've seen Salguin before because it's not like every Salguin is just straight up evil they tend to be marauders and raiders similar to goblins but just like goblins you've met a fair share of them who just want to make some coin and, and do so honestly so looking at them now you're like you know what those other ones actually looked pretty messed up compared to these hey uh Shep, do you think you can determine what it was that that might have killed these yeah can you pull one out yeah, she'll she'll kind of use her hammer like a hook, and she'll kind of drag it closer towards the shore. You're, go, you're going fishing. <laughs> yeah, as you pull this towards you, you you definitely get the sense that these bodies have been here for a while. Not like months, but probably days. And you pull it out onto the drier part of this cave floor, and why don't you go ahead and do a medicine check if you want to try to determine what caused the death. Yeah, I I went ahead and rolled one. I got a five plus a five, so a 10. With a 10, I think all you can really tell is that these corpses are a couple days old. These corpses are certainly bloated, and they have both stab wounds and what looks to be burns. Mm, they're a few days old, and I'm not sure if it was the stabs or the burns. I'll also say the bodies of the ones that you were investigating look like they were the same type of Sauguin. It's not like they were a different species or anything. You're just realizing that with the other ones having had the fish parasite inserted into their brains, their faces were like, larger they were more dismorphed right and these ones you don't think by looking at them have gone through that same procedure like if you would guess without doing surgery you don't think these same ones have been infected in the same way maybe these resisted maybe or maybe they just didn't have enough fish brain babies to put in them 
Dr. Shepard, you have a passive 17 perception. You hear a sound coming from behind you into the left. There is a sound of something sliding against a rock and then a thump. And you see over your shoulder a humanoid shape on the ground about 40 feet behind you. Immediately, some of the lizard folk are going to turn and look at it, including Sultan. And Sultan's going to be like, um, there's something over there. Should we kill it? Should we kill it? Stab it in the leg. <laughs> as soon as Whiskey says that, Sultan will switch to Draconic and say, kill it! Christ on a crack. About five or six of these lizard folk are going to rush over and start stabbing at this thing with spears. Oh, you no. all hear... And Sultan hears because of the spell. You hear someone speaking in a language that you don't understand, but it's being translated due to your suits and to the spell Sultan has had cast on him. And you'll hear someone go, No! Stop! Stop! They're still here! They're still here! Oh, stop! Stop! stop. stop Hold it! it. Sultan, tell them to stop. Sultan will be like, No, stop! Don't stab it anymore! Stop! And they'll all stop for a moment, and you see this crumpled figure shaking and trembling on the ground and there is this pulsating red light coming from their head it's not that far away from you all so if you look over in that direction you see what looks like the body of another Sawaklin it has now been stabbed and maimed multiple times and it seems like there's some sort of glowing device protruding from its chest and that seems to be emanating this glowing light it'll go oh they're still here! They're still here! And suddenly, there will be a flash and explode. Well, Immediately, all six of the lizard folk that were stabbing it are caught in this explosion. And when the light stops, all you see is them all dead laying on the ground. And the body of the Salaguin that seemed to be saying that is just no longer exists. There is a splatter of blood all over the ground. Oh my god! Oh my god, what the hell was that? Uh, that is an excellent question. That's a really good question. Some sort of bomb? Suddenly, after the explosion, there is once more just this silence. Did you say that the body, like, dropped down from somewhere, though? Or how- where- or it just, we just didn't notice it. You heard a thump, and as soon as you saw that it, like, appeared, like, it looked like it must have dropped down from somewhere because it wasn't there before, that happened. Where, where do you all think they came from? Like, the ceiling, or? Um, I'm gonna, like, look up at the ceiling. Do I see any, like, nooks or crannies it could have came from? As you're looking up to the ceiling, you will hear another sound on the opposite side of you, Dr. Oh, Shepard. <laughs> the cave that was to the right... You will hear a voice go, There they are! Kill them! And there is another flash of light, and there is a blast of energy that goes flying over your head, Dr. Shepard. And you look over to see four figures standing at the pathway to the right. The figures are silhouetted. They seem to be vaguely humanoid-shaped. And then you see all the figures, a small glowing light appear. Go ahead and roll initiative.
everybody. This is Jeremy, your DM. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Eclipse. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as we did when we recorded it. The plot is really starting to take off now, so I'm super excited to get deeper into the story. The next episode of Eclipse will release in two weeks, so make sure that you're subscribed to Eclipse so you never miss an episode. And if you've enjoyed Eclipse, please tell your friends about us. Go wherever you like to get your podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. We have gotten a lot of downloads and a lot of positive feedback, so I really, really appreciate all the support. You can keep up to date with all the Eclipse content by following us on Twitter. That is at EclipsePod. We are super active on there. You can also go to TheEclipsePod.com where you can learn about the show and the crew and all the awesome voice actors that are playing the characters for Eclipse. Eclipse is part of the Majestic Goose Podcast Network, so you will want to check that out as well. We're home to over a dozen podcasts and streams. We have everything from actual plays to talk shows. We even do a live nerdy craft stream every week, so we really do it all here on the Majestic Goose Network. We release new content six days a week with shows like Doom Clock, One Shot Onslaught, Halfway to Hero, Dice Talk, Roll for Weird, and many, many more. So go to MajesticGoose.com and check out all that awesome stuff on there. You can check out our weekly streaming schedule and just come say hi to us. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you next time on Eclipse.